For as long as we have lived For as long as we have known Love has carried us You're listening to the Sermon Podcast of Genesis West in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. You can find out more about us at genesiscove.org. Enjoy the teaching. Love has carried us Uh, today's reading is Isaiah chapter 35 verses 1 through uh, the verses 4 through 7 Say to those who are of fearful heart be strong fear not your god will come with vengeance even god with a with a recompense he will come and save you then their eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. The lame shall leap as deer, and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. For in the wilderness, waters shall break out and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. The word of the Lord. That's good. Good morning, Genesis. My name is Becky Patton. I am a part of the community here, and I get to have the privilege of opening up the Word with us today. I will say this is the first time I've ever prepared a sermon not in town. I was on a boat for the last three days, so if I start moving or listing to one side, it's because I'm still rocking just a little bit. But I will say also it took me into what I did is I did all my research early in the week before I left. And then I took everything up there and I'm sitting on a boat and there's actually, we have no Wi-Fi, We have no cellular unless we're in the dock. And the reality was, is it was all I had was a boat moving under me. I had all these words that were swirling in my head and I had the image of you guys. So where we're going this morning, I'm not really sure. But what we're going to do is I think those were the three things, the word, I think nature and I think our community was enough. So we'll see what all we have. The topic that we're in right now, the chapter that we're in is Isaiah. And how many of you know what Isaiah means? Does anybody know what that means? God is salvation is what it means. So we hope he hears. That'd be a good thing. <laughs> Good job, Joe. Um, so we hope he hears. So the, that's kind of where I'm at this morning. I, my hope is that we all um, listen to the voice of salvation this morning. So if you would join me, I'm just going to pray a quick prayer over this, and then we'll go. Lord God, you are love. And so I pray today, even as we open this passage and we look at it, that you would remind us of who you are and remind us over and over again of whose we are. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. So Isaiah actually translates as God is my salvation. And we kind of need to know who he's speaking to. Is there anything in today's passage that kind of troubles you just a little bit? Any words? Who said that? Vengeance. Okay, so vengeance bothers you. Me too. Anything else? 
You don't have to raise your hand, but it's fine if you want to. <laughs> you can. Yes. Okay. So you get mad at the blind being healed, but I, I we'll get there. Maybe. Okay. Anything else that bothers people? Well, since those are the two things that bother us, let's look at the word vengeance. What does vengeance mean? I'll play. What does vengeance mean to you? Say, Abby, could you say that again? Say it like you mean it, girl. Revenge, right? Scary, yeah, it's kind of scary, revenge. What else does vengeance mean? To get even. So if you're going to get even, what's actually happened? Something's happened to you, so there's some wrong that's been done, right? Repaying evil for evil. Sounds angry. Yeah, sounds angry. Anything else? Because that's in the passage. And it says, it says right there in the passage that um, say to those who are fearful of heart, yeah, don't do, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God and he will come with vengeance. Well, I think it's important that we understand who Isaiah is talking to. So Isaiah was a, considered a prophet. By today's standards, I think he'd be considered more of a mystic is what a lot of commentaries said. Because of the type of things that he did, he fell in love, head over heels with God, said to God, God, send me. I want to be there for the people. I want to help people understand who you are. And he said, send me. He is the prophet that ultimately had his tongue and his mouth touched with coals of fire to cleanse his tongue when he was confronted with his sin. Because, And he said, literally, this about turn said, God, I, I love you. Send me. So by today's standards, a lot of people say that the words of Isaiah are more mystical because they're speaking about future things than more things than he actually knew that were, he, I mean, they were going to come true, but he was just listening to God. So, but he's called a prophet. He was about 700 years before Jesus. And one of the things that he is, he's, the, he's one of the most quoted in the New Testament that we will have. So he was a very quotable person. But it's interesting, during Isaiah, there were three different kings, that, or three different reigns while Isaiah was in prophesying. So, and I think it's important that we know, and it was during the second reign that he's actually speaking this, the words. But what's important about it is we need to see what the first reign was to understand why it's important that he's speaking these words to these people. The first reign is he's, there's some king named Uzzah. Uzzah. Anyway, he is an amazing king. He is teaching the people how to worship God. Now, remember back in that time, nobody had a Bible. They didn't have CNN. They didn't have digital. They could text somebody. They didn't have any of that. What they had is they relied on their king and what their king was doing. And he was teaching them how to fortify themselves, how to protect themselves, how to do agriculture, how to worship God, what it was to worship God, what it wasn't to worship God. He was actually teaching them. And during that time, it says that they just flourished as a community. What do you think that would do to the people that they're suddenly starting to go, oh, I'm going to actually fortify something here that protects you and me. I'm going to build things that are for us, the people. We're going to go into the temple together and we're going to worship together. Because we are all coming around one God. 
So he, was, he had this huge, this king had a huge impact. And then, like kings kind of do sometimes, he got a little arrogant and had a fall. And the reality was his son took over and reigned in the same way his father did until he died. And then his son came in, and this is the part where Isaiah is speaking to. It was in Huzzah's reign that he refused to trust God, and he chose to partner with any glamorous outside force that came in. So the very people that the king before, the reign before, had tried to help people to see and learn how to trust God, this guy's going, nope, not going to trust God. In fact, he built an idol that he saw in some other foreign country. They think it's either in Assyria or they're not really sure. But he built this idol and brought it in and put it right smack dab in the temple and said, made a prominent place and said, this is one we're going to worship. And he chose to, believe it or not, sacrifice his own son to a Canaanite god in front of all the people that he's leading. What do you think the people might be feeling right at this moment? Scared, fearful, anger, confused, revulsion. Isaiah comes to the people, and the people are confused. They're angry. They're scared. They're revolted. They're like, oh, my goodness, this isn't the God. Wait, we used to come to the temple, and together we joined to worship God. Now we come to the temple, and we worship this thing. And what if, oh my goodness, I, what if I have to take my sweet, dear son and do like the king did? Because the king's the leader. The king's the one who's teaching me about. And it says in, in the text, it says, say to those who are fearful. That word can be translated anxious, feeling hurried, feeling confused. Say to those who have a fearful heart. And this is the this word here is leb. It is not a physical heart. It is actually, it translates as the inner person and the guiding motivation. Say to those people that are absolutely terrified and their guiding motivation is like, what are they doing? They're turning, they're going, I don't, I, I don't know what to do. I'm scared, I'm confused. And Isaiah comes to them and says, wait, 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 be strong. And strong there means tether yourself. Do not fear. It means look up. Look up. That's not your God. Because behold, your God will come in vengeance and in re with terrible recompense, and he will save you. Why do you think we need to be reminded of who God is? Have you ever needed to be reminded? Too many distractions? Yeah. I've needed to be reminded. One of my reminders was when I was out on the boat, I was thinking and I was asking God, like, what, like, what, when have I ever experienced this? Have I ever experienced this? And I needed you to come in vengeance. We're going to get to that word in just a minute. And one of the stories that came back to me is my grandfather, Vern McCauley, grew up during the Depression. And um, 
during that period, a lot of people were losing their occupations. They were losing, men were, men were leaving and going all the way across the country to try and find work. There was so much that was going on. My grandfather owned a bakery. And there was a mark that was put on the outside fence of people's homes that told the hobos whether or not they would be accepted. My grandfather and my grandmother every morning made enough food for whoever would come by. Never asked questions, just gave them a bowl of soup, gave them a, some bread, never asked questions. They were invited in. Now, my grandfather wasn't a really religious man, and when he was 90 years old, I had a conversation with him, and I, he's, walking, he's marching in his cowboy boots and his cowboy shirt, marching up the hill in a little tiny town in Montana, and he's mad as a hornet because of the season of life. His wife is struggling. She's dying. And he's just mad as a hornet. And I said, Granddad, how are you and God? He says, God and I are just fine. It's people I don't like. <laughs> See, and I wonder sometimes why we need to be reminded of who God is is because of how people represent God. And that's what we have here, is we have a king that, guess what, is he, who is he really serving? Himself and everybody, I mean, he's letting everything come in. He has no idea what, I mean, he's not looking at the people. And what's so interesting about the word vengeance, I like to look up the, the background of the words, but vengeance actually isn't quite what we think it means. There are three different words that are used for vengeance in Scripture. And there is a word that is used for revenge. There is a word. But this word here, it's called divine vengeance. And it's nequam, and it means coming for the people. Coming for the people. Because guess what the people need? They need to remember. Do you sometimes need to remember who God is? There is an actual scientific thing that actually happens in our brains when we go into shock. And we all have what's called a window of tolerance. We can, handle, we can handle stress. We can handle things. To a certain amount, we are just, and our window of stress is determinant, determined by how we've foundationally learned to experience stress. So we all have a window of tolerance. But what happens when it shoots out of that window of tolerance, if we suddenly, have you ever heard of fight, flight, or freeze? Yeah, those things. That actually scientifically happens. It actually happens. What happens if we go into hyperarousal, we fight. And that's where, guess what? It, you, you know people like this. You may actually be this person. But you, the words come, the, 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 I mean, defensive. I mean, you go. I mean, you're ready. You're ready to fight. I will fight you to the death on this because you're trying to protect something. That's hyperarousal. Hypoarousal is actually the flight or freeze. And literally, it causes human beings, our brains, which I believe God has given us this as protection in some places, it causes us to disassociate, disconnect, shut down. You might even know people like that. 
because they've gone out of the window of tolerance. And unless, until we come back into that window of tolerance, we will not hear people, we will not engage with people, and we will not, it is not the place for us to make lifelong decisions. It's just not, it's not safe. No, is it? Yeah, says the therapist in the room. So see, it's backed up, okay, just so we know. <laughs> um, so, the, but the thing of it, but let's go forward to what it says here. It says that God will come with vengeance. He will come for the people with recompense. And what recompense means is it means to make amends. And it actually, in this instance, means to make amends with kindness. So now I don't mind the word vengeance quite so much in this passage, divine vengeance. But it made me think, how often do I wait for divine vengeance and how often do I run to personal vendetta, revenge, vengeance? So there's two things that I think are important from this that... um, Well, there's probably more. You can take whatever you think is important. But one of the things that I found in this is I began to look and ask God, God, I need to know the places where I've chosen revenge. And boom, 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 boom. It started coming up in my mind. And I started to ask, like, I don't know, maybe it's because I didn't have digital. I don't know. But the beauty was is as God was downloading that, I felt God downloading this moment, these moments of, and I was there with you. Becky, will this be for the people or will this be for you? And God took me to a moment in my life when I'd had a really deep betrayal of someone I trusted deeply. I trusted them so deeply. And I was betrayed. And it hurt so bad and everything within me wanted to get revenge. And yet I knew knew deep inside of me at the core this person wasn't evil. But there was no repairing that was going on. And what I started to do is I started to notice it was changing the way I was thinking about certain. I would start focusing on whether or not I would run into this person. I would focus on how I could actually make, protect myself. And I went to a couple trusted friends and I just told them, this is where I'm at. And it's somebody I was going to run into a lot. So it's like, this is where I'm at. And I don't like this in me and I'm scared of what it could actually do. And so they started to ask me questions. When I saw that person, they would say, and they were in the room, they would come to me later and they'd say, how you doing? And I'm just, I'm begging, God, I wanna choose love. I wanna choose love. I don't know if I can, but I tell you to be able to look into the eyes of them and see them love me helped me to remember who I was. This is the thing I learned. I can't do it alone. Revenge is about one. Divine vengeance is about for the people. Do you know, I won't say it's easy. Nobody likes to be betrayed. But that wound has taught me so much about love. So much about love. But I can't do it alone. The second thing it taught me is that God is actually for both of us. 
And I don't know what the other side of the story is. I only get to live my side. And what I get to live is in the wholeness of watching myself be transformed. Not in the absence of this person, but in the presence of God, this person in me. And what it's deepened in me is an awareness that um, to love well, we have to be in community. And it's scary, isn't it? It's scary, but it's so good. And I think that's what Isaiah is saying here. He's saying, he, God will come. God will come for the people with terrible recompense, with kindness for the people. God will come. He will come and save you. And now let's get to the blind. Because you know what? I think the blind that cannot see physically are absolutely perfect. They're made by the hand of God. You are right. And I don't have a lot of, I don't have as much experience as you have around blind people, but the one that I do have over and over again, that blind friend could see more than I could see when any time he walked in a room because he had all these other senses that woke up things and made me realize all the places I was silent and relying on what I saw and not what I was experiencing. So my question might be, if the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf are unstopped, I don't know if that's a physical response as much as it is a spiritual response for how we engage with one another. Because my ears have become unstopped on revenge. You, you can ask anybody I sailed with this weekend, every conversation was about vengeance and revenge, right? <laughs> They'd say something, i say, well, that's revenge. No, that's vengeance. I was like, I was doing this weighing thing because what I realized is suddenly my ears are open to that. So here's what I know about God. God is for all people. All people. I don't know what your other is. I don't know what it is that you struggle with being able to invite in, make space for, sit next to, be with, share the communion table with. But last time I checked, there's only one cup. I don't care what denomination we are. I don't care where we come from. I don't care what our background, our orientation. I don't care. There's one cup and it says you belong and you can come. And that's the cup I want to drink from. And that's the cup I want to hold. And that's the cup I want to share with all humanity. Because I don't believe God keeps score. God will come for all the people. All the people. And I believe God is one who is continually seeking us out. We may think we're seeking God. And we are. But the reality is, is God is seeking us. Because God is forever seeking out those whose inner person, their guiding motivation, has been wounded and bruised by people's arrogance and their need for revenge. Because God says, no, there's something more. 
So Genesis, mm -hmm. as we get ready to go into our um, prayers of confession, and then we'll go into 60 seconds of silence before David leads us in the Eucharist, I ask you to consider, can you let God seek you out right now where you're at and know that you don't have to change a thing because who you are is enough and who you're becoming we get to celebrate together but God already loves you so much God is crazy about you.